This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today is a two-for-one day. We have two guests, and I love this because we're going to have so much fun talking with these two gentlemen about marketing and about something that we all know we need to do and we all cringe, we all forget, we all, more importantly, don't know how to do it right. Um, so please join me in welcoming my guests today, Robin Kennedy. Hi, guys. How are you? Hello. Hello. Thank you okay, for having us. Yeah, very exciting. <laughs> who, who's Rob? Who's Kennedy? So I'm Rob. This is Kennedy. Hello. We're from Response Suite. Perfect, perfect. Well, let me tell people just a little bit more about you. So Rob and Kennedy are the most unlikely entrepreneurs you'll ever meet sporting hairstyles that look like comic book characters and backgrounds in psychology, hypnosis, and show business, it's hard to believe they're serial entrepreneurs with an uncanny knack for building businesses with riotous email marketing. So again, gentlemen, welcome. Thank you so much for having us. That was very nicely put together. I couldn't have said better myself. <laughs> I know, I know. Isn't it so perfect? Well, let's kind of start at the beginning. Mm. How is it that you guys decided this is what you wanted to do, at least in this stage of your life? Um, I still haven't decided. <laughs> <laughs> working well, for now, right? A, it's a very interesting story. It's not that we were both entrepreneurs selling sweets at school or you did have a little business going. I did. I did. I used to write um, excuse letters for my classmates if they didn't want to like do PE or sports classes. I you would, had like a, a mum's handwriting. I had mum's handwriting, which is n never not, not flattering. And I used to like charge them 50p. Anyway. That's yes. So uh, we weren't sort of natural entrepreneurs, I suppose. Uh, and we are, our background is actually in entertainment. So mm -hmm. uh, I am actually a comedy stage hypnotist. So I travel all over the world performing a comedy hypnosis show, hypnotizing people, turning them into random pop stars and aliens and all sorts of other things. And so that's what I do. Kennedy, you're, you're a mind reader. Yeah. So I combine psychology, body language, reading people with memory skills. I wrap it all up into some that people say is funny, so they laugh. That's nice. And I I've been performing doing that for like 16 and a half years at this point in time. Wow. At mainly at conferences and corporate events as well as some like celeb parties and stuff. So, so we met about that long ago as friends at a magic convention, mm -hmm. a convention for magicians, a conference for magicians. And so we, uh, we became pals and started to hang out and that kind of thing. And we both had sort of similar lives. We'd be off performing at different types of events, but we'd be off performing all the time and we'd kind of throw ideas around a lot and that kind of thing. And one of the things we really had in common is that as an entertainer, you spend a lot of time you know, sitting in, a, in an airport departure lounge. Uh, we were just talking about that before the, uh, with the recording. Uh, or sitting in a hotel room, that kind of thing. And you have a lot of time to kill. You know, you, mm -hmm. you travel a lot and prepare even if, a lot. Even if you're doing like three shows in a week, right. you probably spend an hour doing a show mm -hmm. three times a week. That's three hours of work. But mm -hmm. you might have spent six, eight, 12, 24 hours traveling to that show. Right. And you're certainly going to spend a lot of time waiting mm -hmm. to go and do the show, waiting after the show. So you've got to do something, haven't you? So we were lucky enough to grow that into, into two really good businesses, you know, really great lifestyle businesses, good income and all of that stuff. But we were quite bored a lot of the time, looking for something more to do when we mm -hmm. weren't performing. And so we both completely independently started online businesses, selling information products, courses, that kind of thing. Okay. So I was selling courses about um, hypnosis to begin mm -hmm. with, eventually marketing and personal development, uh, whereas Kennedy was selling courses to help en other entertainers to build their business mm -hmm. uh, to, to be as good as his. And so that was that. And we were both kind of doing that independently, with, again, without really talking about it that much. So that meant we were both doing email marketing and creating courses and that sort of stuff. And along the way, we stumbled into a problem, which we'll get onto, I'm sure, in this episode, that required the, um, the use of a piece of software, a piece mm -hmm. of software that actually just didn't exist. And so we eventually, several years later, we decided- Stopped our big boy pants on and started a business. To start a business <laughs> together. And that's what brought us to where we are today, I suppose. Great. I love it. Well, just a, a quick little aside, where are you? Because you don't sound like you're in Atlanta. Uh, no, we're just up the road, actually, in- uh, <laughs> We're in a place called Newcastle upon Tyne, which is about one hour south of the Scottish border. So we're okay. just in the UK. Yeah. 
Cool. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, I love that you have such varied backgrounds um, because mm-hmm. most small business owners and entrepreneurs do, right? You know, we we go from here to here to here to here. And, and some of us were in corporate America. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of worked with corporate America. And, you know, and, and so what we do is we bring all of these skills to our businesses, but not at the right levels. Or, you know, when we bring them, we have the skill to do X, you know, whether it's public speaking, whether it's to sell toner cartridges, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And we don't have the, the really important skills, marketing, um, you know, some of the other things we need to outsource, bookkeeping, accounting, you know, right. attorneys, you know, sure. all of those various things. And so it's, it becomes a problem of we know we need to do something but we don't know how to do it. Right. And of course, one of the things that, that I say as a marketer is we always have to be asking our customers, what do they want? You know, where, you know, people will you know, come to me and they'll say, you know, hey, we, we know we need to be on social media, but we don't know where. And I will say, well, mm. ask. Mm. And, you know, and, and we do this, well, ask, ask them what they think about the, uh, the customer experience, all the, and, right. And that's as far as we go with it, because then our little eyes cross and maybe we do like a free online survey thing. What did you think of us? Rate it one to five. <laughs> and we get really nothing that makes sense or that, that we can use. And so that's what you guys special in, specialize in. So tell us a little bit more about what you do. So first thing to realize is it's completely natural that we are constantly as entrepreneurs in that place Mm -hmm. where we really don't know what we're doing. And if you actually speak to anybody who's at that C-suite, most of them admit that they feel almost like they're just waiting to be found out. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is because we're all constantly growing. One of the things you alluded to there was that it was a thing that was talked about a lot extensively by Michael Gerber in his book, The E-Myth, when he talks about the reason we get into doing what we want to do, what we're doing, is because we are the technician. We're the person doing the thing. We're the person right. who wants to sell t- toner cartridges or the person who wants to be a, a public speaker or whatever the heck it is you do. And then suddenly we start a business off and we have to suddenly do all of these things. We have to have right. a... F- a financial head. We have to have a marketing head. And that none of that's the reason we got into this. And so it's really important that we understand that we're not alone in this. And if you haven't right. already read that book, The E-Myth by Michael Gerber, definitely go check that thing out. But yeah, talking, uh, talking back to your question there about what is it we do and, and, and understanding customers. I think one of the big problems we all have is, let's be honest, just while we're listening to this right now, I think we can all agree that at some point we've probably developed a product, a service, an offering that didn't quite sell right. half as well right. as we and thought we it was And we thought it be. was the greatest thing in the world. We thought it was great. We put lots of effort into it. We thought this is going to be the one and, and I'm going to help lots of people. You do this big launch and you just sat there like a banana. Nothing right. sells. Sat yeah. there feeling stupid. We've got and crickets in the background, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 So... So how do you overcome that? Well, the thing is what we've definitely realized from running Response Suite, which is our survey platform. We'll talk about our software platform in a second. But what we've realized is our assumptions around how we want to do something or what we think we would like if we were in those people's and our prospective bias situations or shoes would be completely different to actually what they want. For example, when we launched Response Suite about a year and a half ago now, when we first went on sale and did a beta launch, what we did is we had, a, we had a plan of how we were going to develop the software because we know this market. We know marketing. We, of course, absolutely understand what every single one of our customers wants. Of course we do because I'm a mind reader. Right. You know, yes. Of course we know. <laughs> we should know. And then we put it on sale. And we put it on sale very, very briefly for about 10 days, I think it was. Got a whole bunch of customers and then took it off sale and got feedback actually used our own tool to get that feedback as well, which is quite interesting. And then we suddenly realized none of the stuff that we thought was important to these people was important to them. And the stuff we thought, they don't care about that, critical to these people. So our entire next quarter of development in the software, the features and the stuff we wanted it to do, completely got scrapped off the whiteboard Mm -hmm. and completely changed because they said they wanted stuff that we just didn't predict. Mm-hmm. So most of the, the problem that most of us have is that we're trying to sell our products and we're trying to guess, we're trying to mind read right. 
what our prospective customers, our subscribers, or our existing customers want to buy next. Rather than guessing, rather than spending all that time to try and figure out what should I actually sell them next, why don't we just ask them and then what a offer concept. them? I know, and right? ask them in a way that is so leverageable that it instantly turns into a sales conversation. Right. It's not just about get some general feedback and then mm-hmm. thank you very much. I'm going to go off into my underground bat cave and I'm going to start making the thing. Mm-hmm. Let's actually use the, 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 the process of asking for feedback as a leverageable saleable sales system. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and that is the problem is we, we ask, you know, when, when we bother to ask, we ask, <coughs> excuse me, such general vague questions that it means nothing. Um, right. You know, I had uh, the, the gentleman here to work on my security system here at the house. Um, he was here a couple of days ago. Absolutely wonderful guy. Um, upsold me on a couple products. So, you know, that was, that was good from his part. Um, you know, all these various things, but did it in a way that, uh, that was, was good. Um, you know, and so then afterwards I get a link to a survey. You know, they mm-hmm. text it to me. It had three questions. Would I refer them to somebody else? And was I satisfied? And then I, I forget what the other one was. I mean, clearly they were vague. And that was all I answered was, you know, and now I could rate them zero to 10. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but then you, you could give no feedback. You know, so if I'd said something like a two, I couldn't say why I didn't like it. Or more importantly, if I was going to mark a nine or a 10, I couldn't say, hey, give this dude a raise. <laughs> and, and that's the problem is we tend to, we, we don't know how to ask and we don't, um, we don't want to pry, but, but we don't know how to go about it. And that's what I love about your product. I was kind of looking through it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it, it, it walks you through the process, but, you know, it's, it's a great tool. And, you know, and we do this in real life. You know, we're at a networking event and somebody tells us these things or, you know, we, you know and, and so it, it is a process of putting it into an actual survey and, and getting the right feedback. Right. And I mean, sorry to make an apples to oranges comparison, as they say. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you think about what that person was doing with that survey, mm-hmm. they were just collecting feedback. But for right. what purpose? We often right. think about m- almost every survey I've ever seen in my mm-hmm. life is basically a cul-de-sac of marketing. It's mm-hmm. a place where information that you could use usually gets disused and turned into a pie chart or a graph or any some right. kind of other chart so for us to see how we could do better in the future. Mm-hmm. Imagine rather than a survey being the dead end of your marketing where you go, oh, thanks very much for that. That's it. And it's the end of a sales conversation. What if instead it was a, a fulcrum? What if it was mm-hmm. the moment that transitioned you from the previous sale mm-hmm. into the brand new one? So rather than just saying, hey, how do we do? Rate us from zero to 10, which is valid, by the way. Definitely right. do that. You want to know how well people did. Mm-hmm. If you want to run your, your net promoter score, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. great, fabulous. Definitely do that. But what you really need to do next is find out what is the next pain point. Because believe it or not, regardless, and we all know this, right? Regardless of how great your product is, mm-hmm. you haven't solved everything in that person's life right. by selling them that product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, They've still got an ongoing need. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, they want to solve it. They really want to solve it. Right. So instead of just going, hey, we did really good at that thing. Have a nice life. Yeah. You're a perfect person now. Instead, why don't we say to them, thank you for that feedback. That's awesome. Tell us, tell us okay, you told us how, how you, whether you'd refer us or introduce us to mm-hmm. other people. Great. And you've told us about maybe what your problems are. And now I'm going to start talking about what is the next thing you really want help with? What are those problems? Mm-hmm. And you, and what we're going to do is we're going to figure out what are the products or what are the problems that our different products can solve. Okay. And we're going to feed that into a question, which is a multiple choice question, mm-hmm. which says, hey, which of these things is your current struggle? And let's say, since we're all talking about marketing, let's do an example in the marketing world. So let's say okay. you just sold somebody a really good PR package. Now what would happen? So now they're going to get this survey from you at a suitable time after you've delivered the product or the mm-hmm. service. And One, sorry, just to interrupt you there, Rob. One of the big mistakes people make when they run a survey, by the way, is they ask for feedback too early. Right. I know the dude's walking out the door and bam, you get that request. 
The thing is, if you leave a little bit longer, if you leave three, four or five days, what that allows you to do, depending on your product or your sector, but it allows the person who's purchased from you to start seeing results. To start, if, if you sell flowers, for example, it gives three, four or five days for people to come over at your house and tell you how beautiful right. the flowers are. Mm-hmm. It gives you three or four days to see if those flowers die quicker than mm-hmm. the florist said right. they would. You know, that it gives you more opportunity mm-hmm. for the more positive feedback. So mm-hmm. sorry. So uh, you send out that survey and somebody fills it in. Now, the first question is going to be about how did we do? So it might be, would you recommend us? It's a valid question. It might be, how would you rate the service? Again, it's a valid question from 0 to 10. But then that asking that question is now your ability to decide that you're going to go one of two ways. If your score was, I don't know, over whatever you would consider to be good, so let's say seven, uh, then you're going to make sure the next question is that appears is, great, what else are you looking for help with right now? What is your biggest challenge in your business right now? That kind of thing. If they, incidentally, if they say, no, it was terrible, then obviously you need to push it in a very different direction. Yeah, you don't want to be great. talking to those like you know, rotten tomato that, situations. That's where that question you mentioned pops up and it pops up so they're not left out there feeling on their own. It now says, okay, great. What's the, what, could we, what, what could we have done better? Or mm-hmm. can we jump on a call and talk about this if that's how your business operates? But if they say it's good, which obviously most of the time they will, then the next question is, great, what is your biggest challenge right now? What is your biggest struggle right now? What else do you need help with right now? What else are you looking for right now? And a question might appear to do with, I need help with paid advertising in this case, or I need help with creating new products and services, or I need help with converting customers or social media. And the moment they say, I'm struggling with this, or I'm struggling with this, or I'm struggling with this, you now know exactly what that person wants next. You know exactly not just what they want right now, but what they need right now, Mm -hmm. because that's their struggle. The alternative to this, of course, is someone completes that service. They've just finished your fantastic PR product, and they've just received that. And then the next week, they go into an automation sequence of emails or communications of some description. And the first, let's imagine it's me, right? And I want like a different pair of sort of services from you. And they might be that I want so I want to help with my social media and I want help with paid advertising. Great. But I've just bought some lovely PR services off you and that's fabulous. And the next week you say, well, uh, would you like help with SEO? And here's an email about our SEO services. And the next day, another email about the SEO services from a different angle. The next day, a case study about your fantastic SEO services. I really don't care about your SEO services. Right. So then I'm annoyed. You're annoyed. You're disengaged. You're probably going to mm-hmm. unsubscribe from me. Or worse of all, like I say, you're going to disengage and stop opening my emails. So maybe you have a five, 10-day campaign to do with your SEO services. And I didn't buy that. All right, no worries. Because now I'm going to tell you all about my YouTube marketing services. Mm. Excellent. I don't care about your YouTube marketing services. Please just help me. Help me with my, with my, my social media. Help me with my paid mm-hmm. social media. Instead of all that, instead of annoying people, instead of stopping people from getting the help and getting moving to the place they want to be. In that time frame, of course, what they will be doing is going off and trying to find the company that can serve them the social right. media. That's what mm-hmm. they're looking and for. And they're right? handing that money to someone else because mm-hmm. they have that burning problem, as Rob said, right. right? So instead, when someone's just finished having a service or a product from you, ask them, what do you need help with next? And guess what all you need to do is say, hey, I heard you can do this on the phone. You can do this by email. Right. Because what Response We does, our product, is it's our survey system links very tightly into your email marketing system. So if you're using Active Campaign or Infusionsoft or whatever the heck you're using, you can tag every single person who comes through that survey with exactly what their priorities are right now, okay. exactly what it is they want. So if I check a little box which says, I really need help with my social media right now, the next thing that happens is I get an email or a phone call which says, hey, we've got a few people who are having some issues and really want some support with their social media. We've got this program. We've got this course. We've got this service where we can really help you. What happens at that point? One, we shorten our window of opportunity in terms of the sales cycle. That mm-hmm. just turned to zero days. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't want one of those in terms of a sales cycle? Right. Secondly, we upset less people by telling them about stuff that they didn't really care mm-hmm. about at all. It's totally irrelevant. Right. And thirdly, we helped more people out. And fourth, we made some sales. Right. So it's what's really beautiful about using surveys like the ones we help people create at Response Suite is we help more people out and we grow our businesses by mm-hmm. doing that. Right. Yeah. And people receive less irrelevant email because somebody called us the other day and actually we were interviewed on, we were interviewing somebody else on our podcast, which is called Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast. And we were talking 
to somebody and they said, but, but what, but you know, email, oh, nobody really opens them anymore. We all get too much email. Do we get too much email? And that's the official statistic, by the way. The, the primary reason why people unsubscribe is because they get too, too much, much email. email right. which we, mm-hmm. we dispute because, let's be honest, I'd be a bit crude for a second. If I was getting an email every hour of the day from an attractive young lady who wanted my phone number or to take me out to dinner, I would not unsubscribe. No. I wouldn't be thinking I'm getting too much email. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, Double it up, honey. Mm-hmm. We can, you know, that'll be fine. It's a really easy excuse for lazy marketing is to say, right. well, you know, not everyone's going to like this stuff. Right. You know, well, sort of and we say it. we're getting too much email because we're getting too much non-relevant spam email. Absolutely. That's the so problem. it's about relevance, relevance, mm-hmm. relevance. Exactly. Exactly. So that's what we help. That's what our platform response suite does mm-hmm. is it allows you to create surveys that link to your email marketing systems or your CRMs to create these, what we call mass personalization customer journeys, right? Mm-hmm. It's, do you remember when you were young and when we were young, we used to get those choose your own adventure stories where you it would say, hey, if they think that if you think they went into the woods at night, turn to page 27. But if you think he just stayed in bed and held the covers over his head, turn to page 42. It's basically that for mm-hmm. your marketing. So every, right. you know that every single person who ever engages with you, who's on your list, only ever receives stuff that's going to help them mm-hmm. and that you're going to be able to put the perfect offer in front of every single perfect person every single time. Right. Well, and what's important is they already liked you, you know, exactly. because somehow you filtered out, okay, well, we're only going to send follow-ups to people who, you know, they're use you again with seven and higher or, you mm-hmm. know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And, and we want to work with people we already know, like, and trust, you know? The, yep, and so we already know you. We're going to, you know, and, and, and it's easier than Googling and trying to find somebody else or posting on Facebook and, and all of those various things. And so this, this just makes common sense. Mm-hmm. But of course, as you're talking about it, I'm thinking, oh, that seems like it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of time. <laughs> oh, it's I actually. It's, do I do a good wine? Oh. Yeah, it's actually, good. It's beautiful. It's actually super quick. Here's our favorite thing about this. The key to getting great results with your surveys, both from a point of view of genuinely getting great feedback and getting lots of it, but also from a point of view using surveys for marketing is to keep the surveys really short. In fact, just okay. yesterday, I was doing a presentation at an event about this exact topic. Mm-hmm. And somebody said, oh, but I, I get surveys sent to me all the time and I never fill them out. And I said, that's because they're normally 20 pages long with right. nine questions on a page. Mm-hmm. And you, you answer one question and six more appear. Mm-hmm. And I said, and nobody wants that. It's this no. endless survey of doom that just keeps going and going and going. And of course, that's going to be annoying. So our, our whole point of this is if we want feedback and we want completion, the same as any process, keep it really short. You know, mm-hmm. we already know that if somebody is going to you know, opt into your newsletter or something like that. If you start asking them for additional fields, what's your name, what's your email address, what's your telephone number, what's your you inside... like wearing a raspberry beret. What's your <laughs> inside leg measurement? You know, the more questions you ask, the fewer people are going to start filling mm-hmm. that out. And the same thing applies to a survey. So we mm-hmm. see lots of people asking questions they absolutely don't need to know the answer to. Mm-hmm. One right. of two reasons. Either they think the survey has to ask lots of questions, otherwise mm-hmm. it's not a proper survey. Or they think, well, it might be useful to know what they thought about page three of my book. Mm-hmm. And you want to know what they thought of page four right. of my book. You know, it's, it's crazy. So for us, if you're asking more than like four, maybe five, six ah. questions, that's just totally too long. Mm-hmm. So the great thing about this is putting the whole thing together takes almost no time because mm-hmm. you don't have to think of 28 questions. You just have to think of two questions that are related to how you did, one or two questions that are related to how you did, mm-hmm. one or two questions that are related to where they're at and what they want next, mm-hmm. and then anything else is really filler. So mm-hmm. for example, you might say, would you recommend this to a friend? Zero to 10. Well, there's the question. You don't have to think about it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you know, how would you rate our service from zero to 10? Again, there's the answer, the question you have to think mm-hmm. about it now. Or something that's maybe a little bit more niche specific for, you know, if you're like an exotic pineapple grower and seller, you, know, you might have to think of something that's very specific to that. Mm-hmm. But Rather than non-exotic, exotic right. pineapple growing. Exactly. Excellent. So that, that's very, very straightforward, right? You, you just have to think of a couple of questions and the answers are done for you in those cases because that's zero to 10. Mm-hmm. So now you can do a little bit more thought onto, okay, great. Now, what do I want to offer these people next? What are the mm-hmm. other things they might be thinking right. about? 
But again, realistically, we find that with like less than a, an hour of work, most people can put together a really great survey and they're able to actually hook it up into their marketing systems because mm-hmm. it's all point and click and done super, super fast. Uh, and the whole thing becomes very, very straightforward. If you, basically, you can get everything all totally peachy in about an hour or less. Okay. Great. Well, and you should already have the other parts to your marketing campaign. That's it. This is about actually leveraging customer feedback and Mm -hmm. surveys to sell more of the stuff you've already got for sale Mm -hmm. anyway. We're not asking people to invent new products or create libraries Mm -hmm. of new emails and all of that stuff. It's really straightforward. You need a survey. You need some method of putting the survey in front of people. So whether you want to send it out by email or text message or carrier pigeon or whatever it is that you want to do. And then the goal is to make sure that you use that survey to push people into the stuff you've already got. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, is there a way, you know, we were were kind of talking at the start about we developed this great product, we think it's the greatest thing in the world, and nothing happens. Mm. So can we survey people at the start of the process? You know, the the, would you be interested in type of of survey? We actually think that surveys should really fit in, in after any major interaction that somebody has with you and your business. So that could be literally joining your newsletter. It could be just literally signing up to, to get that free newsletter. It could be registering for a webinar. It could, be, it could be buying a product. So if they're buying a product, well, sure, that's likely to be using feedback to find out what they need next and how mm-hmm. you sell them the next thing. But actually, if they're just subscribers in your audience or they're members of a Facebook group or something like that, you can absolutely, and this is one of our favorite usages, send out a survey with the angle of, I'm working on something new, mm-hmm. a future product, and I want to know what you need right now So I need to know where you're at. I need to know what your current struggles are. And you ask the same sort of three or four questions, except this time, rather than being focused on how you did, they're all focused on where they're at and what they need help with. Mm -hmm. What that means is you get to gather this amazing data that fuels your future product creation, of course. But it also means that you get a really sort of micro-targeted, segmented audience of all the little people who need each individual part of that. It basically means you can go to every single person, uh, depending on what they actually plumbed for in that survey, Mm -hmm. and deliver that exact thing. So, and you can create that product. One other thing to talk about actually, and just in case this is interesting and just sort of come to my head as a a major use that a lot of our customers have is imagine there might be some people listening who are like, yeah, but Rob Kennedy, response suite, lovely, fabulous, but I've only got one product. I only sell one thing. And there are some things. So what the heck? Mm-hmm. What do we do? How do we apply this? Does it, is it not relevant? What they do, however, have is lots of different types of customer. It's interesting. Somebody uh-huh. said to me yesterday, but I only sell stuff to pregnant women who are in their 30s. Like That's my demographic. Pregnant mm-hmm. women in their 30s, maybe a little bit younger, a little bit older, but mm-hmm. fundamentally, that's it. That's right. a really tight, de- tight demographic. I said, but they're all different people. Some mm-hmm. of them are emotionally driven. Some of them are logic driven. Some of them have big aspirations of starting a business. Some of them work in a job. Some of them are married and some of them are not. Some of them want to be married. Some of them don't. Like, suddenly you realize that actually just because you've got one type of customer avatar, which we think is really a myth, that you can't assume that they all think or need to be spoken to in the same mm-hmm. way. So if you do sell one type of product, you, you do sell it to lots of different types of people. And therefore, you have to think about this differently. You have to sort of put them into like different punnets, basically. So what, what we do at that point is we say, okay, we're, we're going to put a survey in here, which as we've got a single product, let's come up with a product, Rob. Names, come up with something. I'm going to put you on the spot now, dude. I mean, let's imagine, that you've, let's imagine that you sell like fitness training. Okay, so you sell fitness training. Excellent. So, uh, you, so you've got people up, running up and down the apples and pears, da, 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 doing the... That's a bit of cockney rhyming slang for you there, folks. We've <laughs> got, got them all running up and down stairs all over the place. That's great. Okay, fabulous. So... I've only got one thing. I, so we're going to do outdoor fitness camps. All right. That's okay. what we do. Those boot camps you see in the park. One single product. Mm-hmm. What I'm going to do when you join my mailing list is send out what we refer to as the alpha survey. It's the first survey okay. that people see. The alpha piece of content and contact. And we ask you, what is it you're trying to achieve through, because our product will help people in different ways who are trying to achieve different things. Okay. So what are you struggling with right now is a really good question because it's right. emotive. What are you struggling with right now? Mm-hmm. Question one is... I'm, I'm really struggling really sh- to shed a few pounds. Right. That's right. one. So now we're going to put those, uh, and we're going to now segment them in our Infusionsoft, for mm-hmm. example. Because they're different from the I have health concerns. I have health concerns mm-hmm. and we're going to segment them people. Now, oh. Both of those, and actually that's a really interesting example because both of those people are actually looking for the same outcome. They both want to lose weight. Right. Their motivation to do that is going to be different. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
Another one might be I'm training for a, a, a fitness event, a marathon or a half marathon or an Ironman or one of those things. So just in naming those three things, we've tapped into people and, and met them where they're at. Mm-hmm. We've entered the conversation in their head, but we've actually done more than just entering the conversation in their head. Because entering the conversation in someone's head is a thing we are told about from marketing book one that we read. Mm-hmm. Not only are we entering the conversation in someone's head, but we're doing something that the only person I've ever seen do it at scale was Steve Jobs. Mm -hmm. And that is, we are planting the ideas and people's because we are stipulating what these options are. We're now able to stir up emotions in people and start writing the internal narrative that someone has. So at this point, we have our one product, our outdoor fitness run run up and down the stairs club, but I'm going to send you a different bunch of emails, a bunch of text message, give you a different conversation on the phone based on what you're trying to achieve. So the email sequence you get to come along to try your first free class with us, if you're trying to lose some extra weight, I'm going to talk about, this is a case study of Holly. She lost 22 stone in a day. You'd love this. And this is going to be great for you. I'm going to talk to you about how our fitness thing is going to help you drop weight off. You're going to look better in the mirror because it's all about that stuff. Whereas if you're training for a special fitness event, you're running marathons and stuff, mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about it's going to increase your metabolism. It's going to help you become faster, be, create a, 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 your, own pers- your, old, your own new personal best, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. So we're getting people to show up for our event or we're getting people to take action, buy our product, join us, purchase, invest, whatever it is based on their motivators for doing it because that's what marketing is. Mm -hmm. Marketing is just about tapping into people's motivators. So instead of guessing what their motivators are and trying to cover all bases, which means 90% of those things you say are irrelevant to that person, why not ask them what their motivators Mm -hmm. are? What is their reason for doing the thing? And talk to them about that. Mm-hmm. And this layers up really nicely. Let's just take this fitness example. And let's imagine that we transition over to a small gym facility. Maybe you've got one of these small trendy gym okay. facilities and you offer personal training as well as people being members of the gym. Some people are going to go there and they're going to do loads of cardio exercise and stuff that's going to try and shed weight. Other people are going to go there and they're just going to do like lift build, uh, uh, lift, <laughs> lift, building. Lift, lift building. They're going to do, they're going to do uh, <laughs> weightlifting type things. So they, they want to get, you know, really muscly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the size of my lists, massive. <laughs> <laughs> other, people, other people are going to go there because they need to like recover from some sort of strain or injury or something. And that, that's going to be very different as well. Right. Now, when you run a survey to find out what people want, there's two ways to attack this. There's the first way, which is to talk about what is it that you're actually looking to achieve. Mm-hmm. So that's the sort of the, the outcome, the benefit type driven mm-hmm. stuff. So I want to lose weight. I want to do this. I want to do this. And that's very important. You need to talk to those people very differently because if somebody's coming actually, cause they need to, again, uh, re- sort of recover from an injury, you need to talk to them very differently from somebody who's coming right. to, cause they want to lose a load of weight or cause mm-hmm. they want to build a load of muscle and be a bodybuilder. But the next question down, which can be different depending on what they've just said, cause we want to route people through this path is now to do with what, what, what do they want out of that? Why are they doing this thing? Mm-hmm. Which allows you to put more emotive language into their head. So, you know, if somebody's going there because they need to lose 20 stone, the questions are going to, the next options are going to be to do with, I really want to be able to, you know, get to the top of the stairs without feeling out of breath again. Mm-hmm. I really want to be able to make sure I grow old and see my grandkids grow up. You know, it's standard copywriting stuff that allows you to actually allow people to connect emotionally right. with their decision to, to, to do this. So it kind of works on two levels. You can talk mm-hmm. about the things somebody wants to achieve and the results it will have on their life. And then those two things stack together really mm-hmm. nicely. Right. Yeah. Well, and we all know that when you're talking to me, that's that's better. I mean, you know, if if, if I'm wanting to lose 10 pounds because, you know, my, my jeans don't fit and you send me something about being, you know, competing as an Ironman, you've lost me. You know, no way. I'm not going to care. I'm not going to open anything. I mean, it's kind of like when you were sending the SEO stuff to, to somebody who doesn't care about it. The second we reach that person, that's when we're going to at least have a better chance of, of sealing that deal. Definitely, yeah. Absolutely. And that will re- be reflected even in the subject line you use. Mm-hmm. Actually, right. this works even more when you've, I mean, fitness is, is uh, it is one thing, but it, it's one product, but it does have a sort of a variety of applications. Let's think of something that doesn't. So we have a bunch of com- customers who are like IT companies. Okay. They do networks and servers and tele- telephony and that kind of thing. So if you sell 
I don't know, like VoIP telephones. So most offices these days have these VoIP internet-driven telephone lines. Mm-hmm. So let's imagine that's what you sell. That's the only thing you sell. You don't right. sell anything else. You just sell that one mm-hmm. thing. Well, somebody's reason for wanting that is going to be different. It could be that they want to call internationally. And that's the right. most efficient way to do it. Mm-hmm. It could be that their sort of local phone companies are just ridiculously expensive mm-hmm. and actually using uh, telephony is much, much cheaper mm-hmm. generally. There are, there are different motivations to buy the same product. Mm-hmm. And so that's really important to factor in as well. Right. Well, and, and you know, back to we find that out by asking. Um, you know, and, 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 and again, I think that that is the hardest thing, you know, and it's funny because we know we're supposed to ask, I mean, you know, that is marketing one-on-one, but we don't know how to do it. Um, you know, and, and, and we don't want to be intrusive. You know, I, I love, I got a survey, you know, several days ago that said this would take up to 10 minutes and I went, delete. I mean, and it didn't matter if I thought their product or service was the greatest thing in the world. I'm sorry, I'm not spending 10 minutes on it. Um, You know, and, and, and now it was nice that they were kind of managing my expectation, you know, because I wasn't going to get halfway through it and drop it. Um, But at the same point, like you said, you know, six questions would have been enough. Absolutely. There's nothing, there's nothing you need to know that you can't get out of that. Right. And and it's really interesting. One of, one of my sort of litmus tests when we're talking and we're helping clients set up their accounts, because we do like, we do onboarding with our clients Okay. and we help them figure out what the questions are and and do the integration stuff. Even though it's very, very simple. If you can use like Canva, then you can use response suite. It's really that simple. Mm -hmm. But um, one of the things we often think about is if a person says to us, right, that question there should be required and that question there should be required, but that question there does not need to be required. Mm If the question doesn't need to be required, then do you need to ask it? Right, do you need to ask it? Right. So that's a really good way if you're already running surveys Mm -hmm. and look through, and you want to make this work, look through the survey and go, how many of these are required? How many of these are actually useful for Mm -hmm. me helping that customer and or us making a Mm -hmm. sale? If it's not doing either of those things, you probably should stop asking that question. And that's a really quick way of fixing a survey really, really quick. Well, and of course, the hard part is if you're in an organization that is more than one person, you're, you may be creating this by committee. <laughs> and, yeah. and that's the tricky thing because your salespeople want something, your marketing people want something, and, you know, all the, and your president says, no, I need to know this. So that's, that's the hard part is when you are trying to figure out, okay, I need four questions. So this is when having a single opportunity, a single offer, a single reason comes in place. Look, we know when we're doing marketing, we should only be creating one single offer per piece of marketing. There should always be a single offer. Whenever you put a second offer in, your conversions, your ability to drive people anywhere mm-hmm. yeah, drops through the floor. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with a survey. If your survey is not to do with... If, you, if, you, if your survey's intention is to drive more sales, mm-hmm. then... If it is trying to do anything other than drive more sales, it's not one survey. It's right. a different, it's, it's maybe two surveys, maybe three surveys. If the thing you have to do, let's be honest, like some people need to run surveys in their corporations because they need to feed back certain stats to right. the board or in the annual report. They can be longer. They can absolutely be longer because the intention, the reason, the criteria for that survey is simply to make that report. But then don't also add in marketing features. Right. Because you have to come up with a singular intention of what that thing is about. But one of the big mistakes that a lot of people make when running surveys in their businesses is they think it's something to do once or maybe twice a year. Right. So we're going to ask everything under the sun. Right. So as Ron mentioned earlier, we, we we talk about it internally as after any significant action. And that is when someone joins your list, when someone purchases a product, when someone registers for a webinar, when someone doesn't show up to a thing, when someone stops opening your emails. One of the, one of the most incredible ways of re-engaging all those people who stopped opening your emails, who if you know anything about email delivery, you'll know that the people who stop, who don't open your emails are absolutely affecting your ability to deliver emails to all the people who do want to open right. them. Because Google and all that lot know, like, heck, 80% of the people this guy or girl sends emails to don't open it. Mm-hmm. It must be terrible. Mm-hmm. Let's not deliver as many of them. Mm-hmm. It makes sense in the world where we're trying to clear up the proverbial beach of, uh, of, of email marketing, right? So what we want to do is take the people who are disengaged, who haven't opened, purchased, or opted in in X number of days. Mm-hmm. We do it within the last, last 12 months. Mm-hmm. 
If they haven't done that, then a really great way of re-engaging them is to ask for their opinion. Because if social media is evidence of anything, is that everybody thinks they've got the right to an opinion about right. everything. Mm-hmm. Even stuff they haven't got a clue about. Uh-huh. I'm still going to talk about some, it. Mm-hmm. I've got some really strong, 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 strong opinions about women's rights. Yeah. Why? But anyway, that's a different discussion, right? <laughs> it's the equivalent of the guy sitting at home watching the football game and screaming at the television because the referee or somebody has made the wrong decision, you know, or because you know, well, why, you know, why, why, why have they played that player there? You know, that's so so imagine you somebody who just hasn't opened your emails for a bit for a while, who's just mm-hmm. totally disengaged. You email them and say, "Hey, I want your opinion." All right, I'll tell you my opinion. Right? What's happened? They've mm-hmm. opened an email. They've clicked a link to give you their mm-hmm. opinion, and now they're giving you their opinion. They're giving your opinion and they're telling you what they actually want because you mm-hmm. control the survey. Right. It's all the opposite of most content that's probably made them disengage. So the content mm-hmm. that we typically sell our audiences is going to be newsletters. It's going to be links to videos. It's going to be podcasts. It's stuff they watch. And if that's mm-hmm. the stuff that has that passive content is the stuff that has made them stop engaging, mm-hmm. then this is a really great way to stab through that noise and now, okay, say, great, here's something you can really get your teeth into. Right. Here's something you see for you. Mm-hmm. Here's something you can get in there and, and fill in this survey. This is interactive content. Mm-hmm. And that is more and more powerful every day right now. Right. Well, and, you know, let's be honest, I've got that. You know, I email out and and I get a 20% open rate. And as marketing people, we're told that's really good. You know, you've got a day. And, you know, and granted, there are things like, you know, you can view it on your screen and not open it and blah, blah, blah. But it it means 80% didn't do anything with it. You know, probably. And mm. so I love this, you know, and so I, 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 because I do, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, they don't love me. And, yeah. you know, and I don't care about the people who opt out or unsubscribe. You know, they didn't care for whatever reason sure. and it's not going to hurt my feelings. They just, sure. you know, they didn't want it. Okay, that's, that's fine. But yeah, it's the, that passive people that mm. don't do anything that drive me nuts. Yeah, and as I say, you know, if life gives you lemons, what you're going to try and do is turn that into lemonade, right? Mm-hmm. So what you're going to try and do is re-engage those people with something. Don't beat them over the head with the same content you've already been doing right. because they, that they haven't been opening it. Mm-hmm. But get them to take action. And one of the reasons that these surveys work so well mm-hmm. is because they're actively involved in making the decisions. Mm-hmm. Oh, one of the other things, by the way, to increase the completion rate, I don't think we talked about it, is... Try not to ask too many open questions because right. when people have to think too much, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I need to think about that. As soon as they have that, as soon as they have, oh, I need to think about that, guess what's happening? They're off on Facebook right. now. They're on yeah. LinkedIn. They're f- listening yeah. to this beautiful podcast. I don't want to write they're a doing something else. I mean, let's imagine you've got like a monthly subscription, whether that's mm-hmm. an online program or a box that you send out every month or a gym mm-hmm. membership. If you think about it, if you, if you ask a survey about why somebody cancels their membership, so somebody cancels and then you send them a survey saying, thank you for, you know, I'm sorry to see you go, why did you cancel? Mm-hmm. Most people would say, why did you cancel? And give them like an empty box for somebody to jump right. on their soapbox and start reeling off all the reasons. Well, you know, I didn't get paid last month. You were too tall. Stuff. Whereas right. the truth is, most of the time, you can probably boil it down to a handful of options. Mm-hmm. Just give them those options. Say, mm-hmm. which of these things was the reason you canceled? At best, have an other box. So if right. it wasn't one of those things, they can. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, you can give them a push-button way of answering the question. That's going to mm-hmm. get you more people answering the question, which means that you're able to follow up with those people mm-hmm. and do something else with them. The key to all of this is to build surveys into your campaigns. So like you said, does it take lots of work? Well, it could take 45 to 50 minutes to set mm-hmm. up a survey and do all the integrations and have all, all that working. But don't don't waste your time. You, all of our time is really precious and really valuable. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason we had to build response rate because a, a solution did not exist where you could automate all of this. Mm-hmm. So once you've built it and you connect it with your email marketing platform and solution, you put it into that campaign so that mm-hmm. every time a person buys a thing or every time a person registers for a webinar, that survey goes out as part of that survey. Mm-hmm. And then the follow-up from that survey automatically happens. We've done something crazy. We have a really strange belief here that unlike every other pretty much software platform in the world that we've heard of, we don't really want you to log into Response Suite very often once you've set it up. Because actually every result, every answer someone gives you gets pushed into your email marketing system. Everything that they choose starts off a new automation. Mm -hmm. Do any of us need yet another platform to have to log into and check? No. No. 
because we've got our email account, which is overflowing. Mm -hmm. We've got our email marketing system, which is complex. We've mm -hmm. got our accountancy system, which everybody hates. We've got all of that stuff. Do we need a, another platform, another software platform? No. Mm -hmm. So once you've built something in the likes of Response Suite, you don't need to log in again unless you want to run a report, unless you want right. to change something. Yeah, that's fine. But on a weekly or daily basis, while this thing's running for you, mm -hmm. you don't need to because that data is all getting pushed into your email marketing system mm -hmm. due to the tight integration. And it's have. doing what it's supposed to do. Like other than general monitoring, you, it, it, response rate isn't about running service for the sake of getting data mm -hmm. and looking at it in a pie chart. It's right. about running, you can do that, but it's about running service that actively trigger the next thing. Somebody said they were unhappy, well, make sure you send them an email and offer them the chance to do something cool right. or make sure that it, it triggers an, uh, a notification for your assistant to pick up the phone and call mm -hmm. them but right. like that's all it is it's not about just looking at masses of data mm -hmm. right and and it is about that follow-up um right. you know whether it's good or bad you know and mm -hmm. I, I love it when i do a, a survey and typically i only do a survey you know respond to one if i really like something or if i didn't like something i mean you know what? if it's kind of yeah i'm like whatever but yeah. The, the people that I, I say, you know, I had an issue when I get crickets from them, then I'm really going to have an issue and never, ever probably use them again. Um, yeah. You know, and, and, and the so reason I, that happens, yeah. mm -hmm. the reason that happens is because it's not connect. Usually their survey platform, because they, not many exist mm -hmm. where you can, they don't connect to anything. Right. It just they went don't off. trigger an action. Mm -hmm. They go, oh, you're really unhappy. Mm -hmm. Thanks for your feedback. Right. And then they're off in there's, their ivory there's tower. Been, there's been circumstances with both a restaurant and a hotel where I've gone and used the oh, service. Yeah. So I've stayed overnight in a hotel somewhere or I have been to a restaurant and had a meal and the food came out burnt or the hotel room wasn't cleaned properly or it was dirty. There wasn't enough strawberries on your pillow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was something wrong with it. No, it made it a bad stay. And then what happens is I complain to the manager and the food gets replaced or I get moved to a different hotel right. room or something. Mm -hmm. They resolve it as best as they can in the moment. Mm -hmm. Now I get a survey and I fill out the survey and well, I'm sort of okay with it because they sort of fixed it, but it was bad that it happened in the first place. So I want to make sure that I give them my feedback. Right. So I give them my feedback and hit send. The following day, I get an email through or a day later, I get an email through that says, okay, would you like to come and stay in this other hotel we own? Or would you like to come back for a meal this week? Cause it's, you know, big steak like, Tuesday. No. And I'm like, oh, no. Like, because it was, fun. it was crap. Like this is terrible. <laughs> Clearly so, you're not paying attention to me. Yeah, exactly. And that's how all like the biggest hotel chains in the world mostly mm -hmm. operate that way. Right. Look, the way people have been doing marketing for so long is what we call blanket marketing, where mm -hmm. we sort of try and do our best job of appealing to most people. Right. We know we're supposed to niche. We know we're supposed to create channels where we have one-to-one -one communications, but it's never been more prevalent than now. Mm -hmm. So a few weeks ago, my dad calls me up and he says, Kennedy, are you watching that thing on BBC One? And I said, no, dad, because I don't want, I don't consume television like that anymore. We live in the Netflix generation. Other providers are available. We live in, <laughs> we live in that generation where I watch my shows on my agenda. When I get in right. tonight and Emma and I are sitting, having, uh, having a curry because it's Friday night and that's what we're going to do. We're going to put on suits. So we're going to put on that episode. We're going to watch it in our time zone. Mm -hmm. And we all feel like we have this right to do things on our agenda with mm -hmm. our specialist. You know how you can build your own pizza now. When I was a right. kid, you could build your own pizza. No. It was like, what do you want? You don't have a pepperoni? It's coming with whatever happens on the pepperoni. Yeah. Pick pizza. it off if you don't like it. That's, you sound like my mom. Yeah, absolutely, right? <laughs> but these days, we have the right to choose mm -hmm. when to watch, what to watch, mm -hmm. what to eat, when to eat it. Mm -hmm. We have all of this now. And marketers, for the most part, haven't embraced that. No. They, we haven't realized mm -hmm. that actually that's how people consume. Mm -hmm. That's how our brains are now trained mm -hmm. to accept things. I right. mean, let's imagine that you sell like stationery and office supplies and stuff. And, mm -hmm. and you know, somebody buys some chairs from you and now they're on your mailing list. And next week you've got a special offer on pens. Mm -hmm. Well, they might not need pens, but we're going to sell them some spare. Let's sell them some pens because we've got a special offer on pens. We ordered too many. So we'll print a logo on and we'll sell them some pens. Right. right so now you're going to email them. That now takes persuasion. Mm -hmm to sell them that thing. That takes actual sales ability and sales work in order to convince them right now that they want your pens and they don't want them next week, they want them right now because there's a special offer on. Which means that you're selling on the fact there's a special offer or you're selling on the fact that you know, you've know you come up with some you know lame excuse, well, we ordered too many so we're running this special deal or it's Tuesday or it's Mother's Day or whatever so we're running a special deal. Whereas 
when it's based on what somebody wants to watch, like how hard is it to get somebody to watch a TV program they don't want to watch? Not, not just about the time, time it's on or any of that stuff or the channel it's on, but actually watching a thing they don't want to watch. Like getting right. you to watch Britain's Got Talent is going to be very difficult, oh right? Gosh, yeah. So the thing for me is if you then take the, the, the exact thing they want and offer it to them, there's no sales required. You mm -hmm. don't have to be salesy about it because <laughs> it's, it's the Netflix equivalent. They're raising their hand and saying, this is the thing I want and mm -hmm. I want it right now. Okay, great. And I want to hear more about that thing. That's what I'm interested in learning about. Right. And you want to know then similar things, um, you know, and, and so, yeah, maybe it is that it's, you know, uh, well, we just, you know, we just had the, the end of the Big Bang Theory over here, you know, huge, huge, huge in, in the States. Yep, and, same. you know, and, and so, of course, they're now pitching young Sheldon, which is, you know, and, and you know, and, and so it's, yeah, it's, it's the similar thing. Now, if they talked about, you know, a, 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 um, uh, American Idol, I don't even know if they're on the same network. You're like, yep. no, wait a minute. No, I like Big Bang Theory. I'm not going to like Idol. And so, yeah, so again, you lost me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's going to be the same with Game of Thrones, isn't it? Any minute now, something, I don't know what it's going to be, is going to come out. Something's going to be yep. like that. It's going to be, right. it's going to tap into that same mindset. Totally. Absolutely. Right. Well, and, you know, to, to tie into that, I'm not a Game of Thrones fan. So right. when I get bombarded with it over and over again, mm -hmm. then I totally tune out, um, you know, and, and because I don't care about it. You know, we, yeah. I want to see something that I do care about, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and I love that the way you work your surveys, it, you give the people what they want. And, you know, and, and, and again, it ties into your marketing or to your, your um uh, your own email marketing database, all those various things. And, and so you're, you're really targeting people with only what they want. You, you totally can. And what, what's really nice as well is if you're doing that end of things, I know some people will be where you're scoring leads. Mm -hmm. Some people are doing lead scoring. Well, a lot of people aren't these days, but if lead scoring is part of what you do, because we have a scoring engine in the background of mm -hmm. response suite as well, you can push that through and affect the lead scoring in there. So you can even only reach out to the people who are red hot, white hot, ready to buy something if you've got like a sales function as well. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't have to just be overt stuff. It can be really subtle stuff in the background there as well. Right. Well, and I'm assuming, you know, speaking of the word subtle, that you also can kind of subtly remind people about the other things that you do, right. but it's like maybe a sentence. You know, it's, it's not right. beating them over the head with it. Yeah, I mean, there's a really great way to be able to, like we said earlier, plant these plant ideas in people's head. You know, if you imagine and that, and then, you know, from that, the, the, the tree grows. I think if you take this and you say, okay, great, well, um, I want to help people to improve their finances. Okay, great. Maybe you're a financial advisor or something. And you would say, which of these things are you interested in right mm -hmm. now? Well, if, you know, if one of the options was, um, you know, cut my tax bill in half, mm -hmm. suddenly people are like, Oh, you can do that. That's possible. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought of it because it sounds mm -hmm. impossible. But right. he says like that's an option. So that must like that must mm -hmm. be a thing that you can do right now. So suddenly you realize actually this become you know I want to make a million dollars a day in my pension when I retire. You know well, that's a thing, is it? Okay, great. Well, I, I suppose I'm interested in that. So again, it's this really great idea. Now here's the thing: if if let's imagine I'm a business coach and I coach business owners to grow their businesses. Mm -hmm. If I just went out and stand on a platform and I've got a, you know hundred thousand business owners in front of me and I say, right, you, what do you want? Uh, 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 well, I suppose I need help with, um, uh, well, get, getting a better brand. So, okay, great. What do you want? And they go, um, um, uh, oh, uh, well, I suppose marketing, marketing, like, like they don't really know there's all these different options. Right. Whereas if I give them four options, I say, mm -hmm. which of these is your biggest struggle right now? The truth is they have to pick one of those four or not right. complete the survey. Mm -hmm. So now they're going to say, okay, great. Well, I really want help with building a high converting webinar that I can run my, for my audience. Great. They've chosen that. Now, if I'd given them the open-ended question, that might not be what they'd picked. But of those four things, that's the one that's most interesting to them. Mm -hmm. The great thing about that is when I now come to offer them that product or that solution, it almost feels like it was their idea. Right. You know that ancient adage of if somebody... If you tell somebody something, that's going to take a lot of convincing. If their friend tells them it, they're going to be more likely to believe it. But if they mm -hmm. come up with the idea by themselves, that's the strongest way to influence. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, the idea here is that you're able to pop that thought into their mind and it, they hear it in their head as, as well, I did want help with that. So here, mm -hmm. I, I, here's my mm -hmm. credit card. Right. It's a little subliminal, you know, where, where you said, also, you know, don't, isn't this don't... really what you want? Yeah, exactly. And also, you don't know what's going on for people at that time. Like, mm -hmm. what do you want the most help with right now? And if I'm a business coach, mm -hmm. they might be thinking, uh, if it's an open-ended question, they go, what I really want is for my kid to like sleep at night. Right. I don't really think yeah. about my business They're right not now. focusing we, on their business at all. Whereas if you give them business-only answers, then they'll go, oh, these things? That's an easy thing. Right. The, like we said earlier, the, the reason such low completion rates happen 
is because people are being asked to think too much. Mm-hmm. Reduce your open-ended questions, make them multiple choice, make them those big picture answers if you want to make it look really cool. You can do all of that stuff. Just give them things to click. Clicking, not typing, is right. really the key. Yeah, and of course, make like sure you ask for their contact information, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So make sure you ask for their email address mm-hmm. so you can actually follow up with them and put them into your, your system as well. So that, that's going to really help tighten things up and, and make that all work for right. you. Well, oh my gosh, guys, this has been so much fun. And, and, and I've been sitting here thinking, okay, I need to do this and I need to do this. Um, you know, and, and so tell us you know, a little bit more about exactly what you guys do because you offer several levels of, of service that you provide. I'm, I'm looking at your website. Extremely <laughs> reasonable, folks. Extremely reasonable. Um, but tell us a little bit more about exactly what Response Suite does. Before we do, can we make a little confession? Okay. So we actually did something without telling Deb this at all, actually. And that is we, Rob and I, before we got on this, on, on, on the session here, before we got on the podcast, is we decided on a secret theme for this episode. Now we should say it has nothing to do with service, feedback, marketing, or business at all. <laughs> and we've been using metaphors and turns of phrase for, for this theme throughout the episode. For example, okay. if it was farmyard animals, which it's not, we might say, oh, and we were pigging out on that thing. Uh, don't move over there. Yeah, wasn't that obvious. <laughs> it wasn't that obvious. It, it, that kind of thing, but farmyard animals was not the theme. But we were using something throughout this episode, and we hope you were listening really, really closely, as well as taking away and going and take action on all the stuff we've shared. And if you know what, if you figured out, or if you want to go back and listen again to figure out what the secret theme was, tweet us at response suite and if you get it right we'll sort you out with a prize do you know what the prize is Rob? not a clue excellent we'll make it up so we'll send you a prize but it'll be good it'll be a great prize it'll be a money can't buy slash no one will pay us pay for us for it no one will pay us for it <laughs> but we'll give you a prize so there is a secret theme tweet us at response suite if you know if you've figured out what that is so response suite Rob, what does it do? It's an online survey platform built for marketers to turn customer feedback or subscriber feedback or audience feedback into more sales of more of your products more of the time. You literally drag and drop elements into a, into a survey builder. You hook that up with your email marketing or customer relationship management tool. And then you use, you use those things to create automations to sell more of your stuff. To pick up on what you said, there are basically a couple of packages to, to kind of whittle it down into two. One of them allows you to run really great feedback surveys and look at the results. The other one allows you to run really great feedback surveys, look at the results, but also plug in all of that cool advanced marketing stuff, which is obviously what we'd recommend you do. Mm-hmm. But we have a special offer. Yes. So here's how it works. It's super simple and it's very, very cool for the listeners of the podcast. What you need to do, uh, don't go to responsesweek.com and just sign up. Resist! If you do, you will get a 14-day free trial and that's kind of it you'll enjoy the software. It'll be great. But we've got something better for you than that. If you go to the link I'm going to give you in just a second, you'll get the 14-day free trial. So you've got two weeks to use this completely for free. Get it set up. Get it making you money before you actually start paying us. And in that 14 days, two things will happen. First of all, we will give you a a, a training that we put together called the Survey Marketing Masterclass. Now, in this training, we teach, teach eight different campaigns, complete campaigns that you can use response suite or surveys for in order to make more money, get better results, you know, make your customers love you more, make your life more efficient, all of that stuff. So it was $497 when we sold it. You can't buy it at any price right now, um, but you'll get that for free just for you know, coming along and taking this trial from this podcast. You'll also, as you mentioned earlier, get an onboarding call with either uh, Kennedy or myself, where we'll actually sit with you and we'll go through, we'll help to build the whole thing out. We'll help you work out what questions to ask, what questions not to ask, what the options should be, how to do the hookup with your email system. We are between us pretty versed in everything. So we can help you with Infusionsoft or MailChimp or ActiveCampaign or all of that stuff. Uh, so we can help you get all of that stuff going as well. Again, all completely for free before you've paid us anything in that two-week trial. Then at the end of it, if you want to hang around and keep using the software, you'll be able to do that and, and you'll love it. But uh, you'll have to go and get that from this URL. Go to www.responsesweetdeal, that's S-U-I-T-E, responsesweetdeal.com forward slash business power hour. So responsesweetdeal.com forward slash business power hour. I'm writing that down. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much for that great offer. Our pleasure. The more we can do to help you, the better. Great. Well, you know, guys, this really has been so much fun. And, you know, because we, we're, we, like I said at the start, we know we need to ask these questions. We're scared to, because a big part of it is we're scared 
at the response. I mean, you know, some, somebody's not going to like us. You know, they're not going to, oh, you know. Which is the, the not liking you is a huge opportunity, though. Right. If there's something they don't like, mm-hmm. that's what Bill Gates said, isn't it? In that quote, he said that the people who are dissatisfied are the biggest opportunity right. to make a difference and help those mm-hmm. people out. Yep, definitely, definitely. You know, and and so, at, you know, we we absolutely, positively must be doing surveys. And so, you know, folks, please make sure you check out um, Response Suite. You know, because it, it they do have some great uh, products and great services that they can offer. Thank you. Great. Well, guys, is there a, any last thing you want to leave for our listeners and our viewers? I'll say that the quality of the outcome and the quality of everything in your life is directly proportionate to the quality of the questions that you ask. And I'll say you should always listen to what Kennedy just said. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, I am Deb Creer. I've been having an absolutely terrific time talking with Rob and Kennedy, or actually in the the, the video, it's Kennedy and Rob. Um, So until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Редактор субтитров А.Семкин Корректор А.Егорова